0: Welcome to episode seven twenty-three of the Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, August sixth. I'm your host, Paul Sporer. I am joined by not only Justin Mason but also Jason Colette. Justin, what's going on? How you doing?
1: Oh, just another in paradise, looking at and, all my teams that are injured.
0: And Jason, how you doing?
1: Oh, uh, doing.
2: I'm glad I can join you guys in a midweek. This this yes. whole weekends only thing is not my favorite. So joining you guys on the uh, in the midweek is cool. So I, I like when the three of us hang out together.
0: Uh, I would also agree with that. Uh, I would love to do it in October at uh, AFL, but guess who can't go this year?
2: Justin. Justin. God <laughs> damn it.
0: I always have to bring it up. <laughs> uh, all right, so we've got some we got some news and notes to talk about. Nothing too crazy there. So we'll kind of uh, quick hit it and get y'all's thoughts on that. Then we'll dive into the SP rankings that I released yesterday. I'll let you guys grow me a little bit or or just kind of hit on some things that you guys see in the picture landscape right now. Let's start uh, with a, a little piece of news here that, that Josh Bell is going to sit for a couple days, basically just to clear his head a little bit. Since that big three-homer game that he had on July 1st, he's got a 181-303-298 line cooking right now. And you never like when your OBP is bigger than your slug. He's got two homers since then. Obviously, the overall season's been absolutely fantastic. And guys, no matter how many times we do this, you know, every year that we run it back, I never cease to be amazed at how someone can be best hitter in the league, hot, and then how are you in baseball cold? Now, Jackie Bradley does it month to month, which is, you know, that, that's a feat in its own right. But, of course, Josh Bell, one of the absolute best players this year, was uh, toting a a over 1,000 OPS as late as July 14th. It's down to a still strong 935, but he's uh, decidedly in a massive slup, slump. Jason, I'll start with you. Uh, with Josh Bell getting getting some time to clear his head what do you think of, of where he's at in this slump? Is this something that you're worried about and will carry over to next year? Or is it just a, a run-of-the-mill extended cold streak for you?
2: We know it's because he played in the home run derby. Oh, That's well, what well. it comes... We uh-huh. know
1: it's that. Oh, we yeah. absolutely... That's I why, mean, that's why Yellich, Ronald Acuna and Vlad are struggling. Christian right Yelich right. didn't do it. Christian
2: Yelich yeah. has a 452 weighted on-base average he, in the second half. He Hello, Josh Bell, you don't. <laughs> Play, case closed, right? Right?
0: Completely closed. Uh, okay. like, like Justin said, I mean, no, nobody from the Home Run Derby is even doing well, so that has to be the. Answer. Has
2: to be mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Absolutely has to be it. Um, In all seriousness, I think Josh Bell is just a microcosm of the Pirates as a whole in the second half. Last I looked, they were five and nineteen over the last twenty-four games. You can't throw that all on him. You could throw it on Chris Archer. Uh, You know that is that whole thing. Uh, Neil Huntington, how he still has a job is beyond me.
0: That's some Tiger stuff right there. But at least the Tigers are fully expected. Yeah, at least at least the Tigers say
2: no to traits. The Pirates said yes. You know, the Tigers said, no, I don't need Javi Baez. No, I don't need Alex Bregman. Oh, God. oh wait. Did, did you, you, ha- want, okay. you want Shane Baez? Austin Meadows, Austin Meadows, and Tyler Glass now for Chris Archer? Yes. Yes, yes. we will do this. Yes, Let's we will do this it. trade. All right? Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, the only The only good news is as bad as he is now, he should get better for the rest of the way. It doesn't. It's not much so as if you've had to roster him for this sure. whole
0: Sure. But, Especially in head-to-head because, you know, was yeah. one of your key components and you're getting those weeks of, of basic zeros. I, I bet a head-to-head points league somewhere in this run, there's been like a negative score for him or like a single-digit score for the whole week depending on how your scoring goes for Josh Bell. So that's been tough. But do uh, you, you feel like he's
2: just going to come out of it and, and, and be fine? He has he has to. I mean, it, it, it's been so bad. You kind of you have to t- – if you could grab him now or if you can start picking him, use him on a cheat – you have to do it. Uh, there's no reason I, I can't unless he's hurt, and if he's hurt, they would have done something by now. So it's not. I, not I would being think hurt so too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Justin. Let me say that uh, the rest of the way here, this this month plus uh, almost two months, we'll call it. He's he's solid. Josh Bell is like uh, an 870 OPS. So you tack that onto the 935, it would probably be something like a like a 920 at season's end with 30 something homers, hundred something ribs. Uh, let's say that that's where he ends, and he ends on a nice little high note. Uh, where are you drafting Josh Bell next year in a standard 15-team mixer?
1: Mm, that's a really good question. I'm thinking it's probably in the first three rounds.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking third round was exactly where I was going, yeah. so we're we're lockstep there.
1: I think top 50 is where he should be. I, I don't know that he will be there. I think especially if he finishes back on some sort of upswing, even if it's just a minor one. People are going to forget this and be really overhyped on him coming into next year.
0: So, Easy to do that too. Exciting yeah. player. Oh. I mean, he despite Former this top y'all,
1: prospect that exactly know, just um,
0: despite this, he leads baseball and RBIs in the National League in doubles. So imagine where <laughs> he would be without this uh painful cold streak that's lasted just over a month so uh i agree I, I think josh bell will be a top 50 guy especially if he's just solid uh bordering on on great the rest of the way now if he does slump majorly we'll revisit it again in I a few weeks it kind of i
2: don't, I, I don't need... think he will either because you know when you look at you go look at Statcast and you look at his look at his expected weight on base average look at his hard hit look at his average exit velocity we're talking fewer than, like, 75 plate appearances below the league average. Wow. That's the crazy—we're talking about there's been some big dips because his you know his hard hit rate was in the 70s, was, 70, oh, was 70% early in the year. Then it dipped down to 30. Then it was in around 50 right around the break, and now it's down to around 35. So it's, like, only because he set such a high bar does this look bad now. But if we mm-hmm. took out that big spike in the early part of the season— this is still. This looks like a really good hitter, but the problem he just set this gigantically massive bar for us because of how hot he started the season. That this looks bad. Yeah, even th- during don't...
1: this cold streak, like he's still only striking out twenty uh, percent of the time. Uh, a lot of it, you know, his ground ball rate, fly ball rate, a hard hit or hard contact percentage, all in the same neighborhood of where he's been all season. So, mm-hmm. like, it's, See, it's, that
0: it's, encourages it's, me. And says he's not lost at the dish.
1: Yeah, no, he's making—he's still making a lot of a lot of contact. It's just been—he's been unlucky. And two seventeen
0: so, Babbitt for yeah. Josh Bell during this during this run, which spans twenty eight games. I'm not worried about. Okay, him at all. so couple days off if you're in a daily league you know put somebody else in for him and then uh hopefully again he just gets back on track and goes back to being one of the uh premier hitters of this season it's been awesome to watch josh bell have this breakout season let's shift over to texas and uh justin this is something you and i've been talking about now for a while that texas was Dead set, pretty much, on getting Jose LeClerc back in the role. It is official now. He is back in the closer's role. And a little tack-on news with that, not not directly related, but since it's Texas-based, let's lump them together. Colby uh, Allard, a recent acquisition for them from Chris Martin, their former closer, at least briefly. He was traded over to Atlanta. They got Colby Allard. He's actually going to debut this week.
1: Debut so um
0: De- yeah, debut for them. He's, he's been in the majors before. But Kobe Allard will debut, I think, on Friday for the Rangers. Uh, I think that's a little bit more fantasy relevant since we all kind of knew that that LeClerc was working his way back. But give us your thoughts on those two pieces of news. LeClerc back, get closer. Do you trust him? And Colby Allard uh, debuting for Texas on Friday. Is he a pickup for you? And if so, what kind of league?
1: Uh, LeClerc, I think, is the more interesting news, especially because... Uh, They said the Rangers have said even when Sean Kelly returns from the IL, LeCurk will be the closer. Yes. And they always wanted that. Yeah, exactly. The contract is kind of dictating that, I think. I think if we were talking about a guy who is still just under arbitration, uh, Kelly would probably be getting the job back when he returned from uh, return from the IL. But that contract really helps him out. Uh, Hopefully people picked him up when we told him to a few weeks ago. So uh, just watch ratios with a guy like that. Uh, I'm not really inter- that interested in, in Allard from a fantasy perspective this year. I'm more interested in him uh, next season because they, they open up their new stadium next year, right? Correct. So yep. I think Arlington is going to be a really bad spot for him, uh, which will make him an under-the-radar guy to target in redraft leagues next year, especially once we kind of get a better feel for what the park's dimensions and how the, how everything's going to play there. Uh, You're saying if, if he's
0: pushed around, if Colby mm-hmm. uh, is it a lard? It's a lard, you said. lard. Uh, if Colby Lard is pushed around this this month or so, or two months of work, uh, he stays off the radar, and then you bounce mm-hmm. back next year as a one dollar gamble for you.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I just I worry about him giving up too many home runs in, uh, right. in Texas, so uh, or at least at least in Arlington. So I'm much more interested in. He's a guy that I've liked in the past. He doesn't have like an overpowering pitch, but he's got very good command. uh, And I think he's got enough to stay in that rotation, especially in the state of their rotation.
0: Most important news coming out of Texas that I actually just learned about, even though uh, it's a couple years old, is that they have a reliever named Locke St. John. And uh, he was Rule 5 from the Tigers, and Al Avila should be fired for that. Not for this turning down Baez and Bregman stuff, but for letting a guy named Locke St. John... Get out of the organization. That's just indefensible. You got to lock uh,
1: him down, right?
0: You have to lock St. John him down, absolutely. Uh, Jason, do you have anything to add to Kobe Alard or the Jose LeClark news?
2: Uh, no, I, honestly, I don't. Same risk, same concerns with Alard there, and with with Leclerc. If you're just chasing saves in, in that in that counting category, you have to eat the risk of the ratios uh, yeah. and go for it at this rate. Uh, you know, it and is he, what and it he's is. Done well.
0: And he has done well. He has bounced back. Uh, he still walks the yard, but if he's if he's difficult to hit, then hopefully he can give you a a passable whip good ERA, a bunch of Ks, and and some saves. They're not a great team. They had their fall off that kind of took them out of contention, but they're also not terrible. Uh, and so they should have some, uh, a, a middling number of save opportunities for Texas. Let's jump over to the Dodgers. They have two bits of news as well. Um, one is that Alex Verdugo is hitting the IL with an oblique strain, perhaps our least favorite injury on this show, because we're always worried about them. And one of the things that uh, – you know, we've been out in front on for a while. Uh, big thanks to Jason on that is is pushing timetables. Anytime you hear a timetable, you know this show is going to add a week or two to it just so that you're cautious. And more often than not, that works out. Oblique strains are probably the number one injury that you want to do that on because they're always, oh, two weeks. Nope, nope, I'm saying three to four, like right off the top. I don't know what the exact uh, estimation was, or there hasn't been one, I should say, on Verdugo, but I'm, I'm nervous 46, if I yeah. have... Yeah, it, it's... It's rough. It could basically end his season ostensibly here. And so.
1: Dodgers have no
0: reason to rush him back. Exactly. They just. What? 80 million games
2: up in the division? Why?
0: 400 replacements. You you know, Matt Beattie is somebody who's going to slide in and and get some playing time there. It's also going to, I think, put um, Jock Peterson or or Cody Bellinger. They can kind of flip flop there between first and the outfield. But uh, I think they'll handle it. Beattie will get a bunch of playing time. Edwin Rios was called up. He's another kind of flexible guy. Um, I feel like Beattie's probably the most interesting one. Jason, I'll start with you. Is Matt Beattie someone that you would take a look at in mixed leagues?
2: No, I just don't know where playing time comes in um, at this point. I just think there's a lot of moving pieces out there. So in mixed leagues, no, unless it's really deep.
0: Yeah, I mean, Beattie should be the front side of a platoon, which does help. Yeah, and you, but you never know how they're going to mix it. And Rios is a lefty himself and does say infield, outfield here on roster resource. So he's another one. Or Tyler White can absorb some first base, which push, pushes Bellinger and Peterson into the outfield, perhaps. So they're going to mix and match, as they always do. I agree, it would have to be a deeper league. I don't think 10-12 and 12 team, I'm going for BV here, unless he catches fire and obviously secures that playing time. But I, this isn't one where I would jump first and then wait for it to play out, because I just don't think it's going to play out that way. Um, Justin, I'll, I'll, I'm going to hit you with this Tony Gonsolin, Gonsolin thing. He pitched really well and got sent right back out, but we know that that doesn't necessarily mean anything for the Dodgers. They could bring him right back in five days uh, if they needed to, in, like Brendan McCam, although he is supposed to just be the Hunjin Ryu replacement there. How do you feel about Tony Gonsolin in more of a long-term situation, whether it's the rest of this year, should another injury crop up, or going forward? Because I didn't know a single inch about him coming into this year, and yet I've watched him a few different times, and I've come away impressed. I think I've seen most of his 14 major league innings, and I'm just like, dang, He's pretty decent. So what do you think of Tony Gonsolin after a, uh, a gem thrown yesterday that, that earned him a ticket right back to AAA?
1: Yeah, it was really impressive. Surprised they're sending him down. I wonder if Stripling is coming up maybe a little bit sooner than we thought. He's on a minor league rehab assignment uh, right now. So uh, I he's an interesting guy with good stuff but lacks command. Uh, Though, like I said, he's looked good in those first 14 innings at the majors, but really struggled in the minor leagues uh, with walks. So I I wonder if with more exposure to major league hitting that he would struggle and kind of show that lack of command. Uh, So he's probably a guy that's long term better suited for the bullpen. Uh, and,
0: and perhaps in that multi-inning role, too i think it could yeah, be exactly. really interesting there
1: uh but i mean the doggers just have an embarrassment of riches and it's, it's just so it, dumb, it's dude. so it's so unfair i just don't you know i just don't understand <laughs> how they've done this so uh with with the health of guys like Maeda and uh you know Ryu's already on the DL or the IL and Stripling on the IL there's a chance he could come back up but i think outside of Ana, only you're not doing much
0: yeah, there's not much you can. Again, this isn't something where I know I think you can act first and wait. Gonsolin was already sent right back out. Maybe if May flopped his first go go round, um, I think Gonsolin could
1: some some kind of rope too.
0: I, I agree because of their big lead. Uh, so unless he was just getting crushed, I think May will get – plus, you mentioned Stripling on an, on a rehab, and Ryu was never expected to be gone long. And so that's six right there even before Gonsolin with Kershaw, Bueller, Maeda, Stripling, Ryu, May, uh, not to mention Fernando Valenzuela I think is going to get a spot start on Sunday. And I did hear something – Jason, you were telling me that Oral Horsheiser is going to do like a tandem start on, on Tuesday? Yeah.
2: Yeah, Don Sutton's going to open for him, and then it's going to be uh, then it's going to be oral. Uh, help me understand something though, with uh, with Gonsolin here. Was he just working like an opener in the minors? Twelve starts, thirty-six innings, has to be something like that, right? So he said fourteen starts on the year, fifteen games total, and fifty innings pitched. Let me see here.
1: Yeah, he he was running yeah. shorter stints. For That's sure. short. That's mm.
2: three innings in appearance. But yeah. you, know, you, also,
1: you also look at his like last five star or four, last four starts in the minors. Uh, you know, given three two thirds given up four, one and two thirds uh, of an inning, then two and two one third given up four, two and two thirds given up two. Like this isn't a guy who has been dominant in the minor leagues either.
0: Yeah, part of it was he was getting bopped. Um, but he was working shorter stints earlier in the year too, so he's just kind of been on that Triple uh, A to
2: the majors path with a few call ups there, and we'll see if he gets sometimes called up again. Sometimes matchups, yeah. You know, sometimes a guy comes in it's just a kind of just the style of pitcher that gives a team fits. You know, exactly. maybe it's a team that, that hunts for fastballs and they're throwing junk the entire time. I say this watching Jacob Wazapak shut down the Rays yesterday. I mean, that guy. I wanted to grab a bat and go hit him, but nobody on the Rays could just to
0: time. take a shot. Uh, that's how you say his name.
2: Yes. Okay.
0: I I definitely wondered that. And uh, I was bummed that Baseball Reference had nothing for that. You're just going to have a name that's W A G U E S P A C K and not tell me how to pronounce it. It He said his
2: name on the broadcast so many times last night, it was just ingrained in my head. But kind of like Asher Wojciechowski and Tom Eshelman, you know, guys like that, especially Eshelman. I mean, he throws his fastball and it bounces. It literally bounces off the <laughs> does make club. it. It's like rookie of the year once he loses his his ability to throw. Pretty uh, much, well, and sometimes those guys can even go through a run where they're where they're getting, uh, putting up some hitless innings. Baseball's a funny sport, like that.
0: It really is. the The grind really leaves time for everybody to, to shine at some point. Yanni uh, Trinos unfortunately won't be shining for a while. It looks like he's out four to six with yep. the finger situation. And again, at this point, once you start getting on the four to six timetable. Your season's ostensibly done, and with a pitcher, you know, ramping back up and and kind of getting back in the groove, again, I feel like this is more or less it for Yanni Torino's. Jason, are you cutting him in shallow or mixed leagues right now, assuming you don't have an IL spot to, uh, like, let's say NFBC, where it's seven spots and that's just it? Would you cut uh, say the erotowire online championship with 12 teams would you cut <laughs> yanni churinos right now
2: yeah if any team has got a track record of keeping the guys out longer than they say they were it's this one uh that's you know, how, long, how you became so in tune with, with <laughs>
0: that whole notion
2: remember how tyler glasnow was going to be back in four to six weeks bro he's just going to be back
0: in like a month dude it's it's no problem remember You're how Blake gonna be back in brother. september
2: yeah, you know, Blake Snell's going to be back in September. Oh, uh, don't say that. Don't hold your breath. Uh, <laughs> Damn it! But I mean, the fantasy <laughs> implications of this—I have no idea what they're going to do. I mean, they literally their rotation right now is Charlie Morton uh, and and Brendan McKay It'll and call up Trevor Richards. Trevor, well, they got to get him They got to get them stretched out. Richards was basically sitting around the Miami bullpen, and I think you know I mentioned uh, off air that I rostered Richards and AL Tout because it was my and this was before the Chirinos news. But my when you look at Richards, he's begging for an opener. I mean, his yeah. numbers first time through bad, second it, it, time good. And um, so, if you let him get, you know, let somebody else absorb one to three, one to four, and then come in with the, the, the fourth or fifth hitter and go from there, I think Richard, you can squeeze some juice out of that and get some success out of him. Or at least that's, that's what I'm great. hoping for.
0: No, uh, I, I, I totally agree. That was, that was a great sneak pickup. Nick Anderson drew the attention there, but I think Richards was a nice little sneak there. They do still have Yarbrough, so they do have Morton McKay Yarbrough. They need three uh, openers
2: now. They're back to this is this yep. is where the opener came in last yes. year because they, they this was the situation that that burst that they were out of guys because the, the AAA rotation was hurt too, so they didn't have the option of like, hey, this us call this guy. There was nobody, and so this is how the opener, and they're going to be back in that shape now, and they could go with Yarbrough, and they could do this with Richards. I don't, uh, they don't need to stop doing it with J Jay, uh, Jalen Beeks. That guy is a one-time through the lineup guy. He falls apart. Unquestionably. He falls apart after that. So it's a different
0: guy. I feel like somebody puts on his, like it's, it's wild. Um, Jose de Leon, what's, what's his scenario in the minors right now? He's pitching, right? He
2: just, he's been, uh, he flew up the other day and they didn't use him. They flew him back. Um, you know, I don't know. I think he may be one of the options. Anthony Bond is close to coming back, uh, uh, and I think that just may be part of the churn. It's going to be like a high school pitching staff or a yep. college on a Sunday. You go in and pitch two innings, you go in and pitch two innings. The good news, their schedule the next three weeks is easy. At the end of the month, they have the Indians and the Astros, um, but between now and then, it's uh, I think Seattle, the cumulative City percentage Eagle. is 375. They have a lot of nice th- matchups right now.
0: I just did on my uh, on my SP rankings. I did next three for a bunch of teams and Toronto, or for Seattle, all, all the Detroit. all the guys. Yeah, I was gonna say they have Detroit, don't they? Because I remember writing writing that in a bunch uh, for some of their guys. I know Yarbrough's next three is Toronto at home, uh, at San Diego, and then Detroit. That's a nice trio right there. Even the Baby Jays, they're they're not bad, but I you know getting them at home, that's Throwing, not too throw
1: bad. Throw a series for against Yarbrough. Seattle too, so.
0: Oh yeah, so um, okay. Well, that will help them, I guess. So is Richards? Would you maybe sneak him in fifteen team mixer, or is it AL only until he gets
2: called up? If they give him an opener, I'm willing to try the mat just because of the matchups. Now, if it's if it was a different like at the end of the month, no. But it, with the schedule the way it is right now, with the Torontos and the Seattles and the Detroits and the and the Whites, uh, the way the schedule is lined up, I'm willing to give Richards a chance in a fifteen team mixed league if he okay. has an opener. If
0: okay. not, no thanks. Let's stay in Florida. Justin, let's get your thoughts on Ison Diaz being called mm-hmm. up for the Marlins. This was a player that they got in the Christian Yelich deal. So they're really starting to see some some dividends paid from that deal. I believe Jordan Yamamoto was also in that deal. Yes. Um uh, yeah. or was he in the, he was in that one, right? I yeah. Think so. so, you know, and, and they just called back up Brinson. If he gets anything going, yeah, hey, they, all of a sudden they, they got
1: They called him back up and he goes over 7 in the double letter. Oh,
2: my God. I didn't even see that. That's so, so we brutal. picked up where
1: he left off. but Yeah, I was going to say. Thing, so the interview say with his dad way.
2: being interviewed like that was amazing. Oh, I didn't see it. What happened? Oh, they're interviewing his dad on the Marlins broadcast, and Diaz had a home run off of DeGrom, and his oh, dad went nuts.
0: That's incredible. I think it's uh, – by the way, I said Isan, according
2: to – well, According to his dad, who kept – yelling, Isan! Okay, ESAN! ESAN.
0: He <laughs> it is. Uh we were actually kind of waiting for him to get called up. This was something that was expected pretty much any moment now. Um, Justin, what kind of leagues are you picking him up? He's been batting second, second and third playing second base for the Marlins. Is he someone you want in mixed leagues?
1: I think in 15 team mixed, uh, you should probably be grabbing him. And I think he's going to be one of the more popular uh, Fabapalooza type pickups in NFBC this weekend. Uh, especially Mm -hmm. hitting that home run off of DeGrom in his first at-bat. Obviously, I think there's going to be some strikeout issues, uh, and we're already starting to see that uh, in his first few plate appearances, that he will probably strike out a fair amount, probably at a 30% clip in the majors this year. But the power is legit, uh, and they have no reason not to play him.
0: Exactly. And he had hit 26 homers um, and had five steals, although five steals on nine tries. But with a 305 average... (laughs) And uh, he's really not. And two to one on his uh, on his strikeout to walk. So not too bad. Twenty two percent strikeout, eleven percent walk. Could deal with all that. Uh, will the batting average hold, or will the strikeouts really eat into it? Do you think he's going to be a, a batting average drain for Isan I don't think Diaz? he's going
1: to be a drain, but I don't think he's going to be an asset either. So I'm, I'm like thinking like I was thinking two fifty. Okay, uh, and then maybe seven or eight home runs rest of the way.
0: Okay. And then batting at the top of the lineup, counting categories can be better. I mean, it's a bad team, but, you know, you like guys at the top of lineups. Um, Jason, let's flip back to you on this one. I missed this move. I had no idea that this happened. Somebody said something about Kevin Gosman in Cincinnati. I said, you mean Atlanta, idiot? Like, it was on a podcast, so I literally (laughs) said that out loud to nobody. I was like, this guy doesn't even know the teams that people are on. What a dummy, dude. Only to find out after he said it again that uh, I looked it up. I was like, oh, I'm the idiot. Good thing nobody heard me. And then Charlotte texted it out and said – or tweeted it out and said, my dad doesn't know where any of the players are. He's a fraud. Uh, but I had no clue that this happened. So he was waived and picked up by them. We know Derek Johnson's there. That helps. But uh, longtime Gosman believers on this show. Are we finally done with them? 619 ERA this year. Uh, do you see any hope – for a rebuild for the 28-year-old Kevin Gosman in Cincinnati, Jason. Yes,
2: yeah, some ombudsman you are, but you can't even play know. player straight. I don't even know where anybody is. Here's the thing. So it, 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 there's another move that you missed that happened today. So, you know, we all, you mentioned we're longtime Kevin Gosman believers, but we're also huge fans of Derek Johnson. Uh, we've seen what Derek Johnson has done with Sonny Gray this year. We talked about Derek Johnson's influence with the Reds in the offseason saying this is the this is the guy, right? Mm-hmm. So they give him not only Kevin Gossman this week, they also gave him Brad Boxberger. And it's like, here, take these two dumpster fires of pitchers <laughs> and try to – if you can fix these guys, you then a guy. are a god, right? And so he's got these two. And the thing is with Gossman, as long as the Reds don't make him a starting pitcher – He's got – I mean, he's a two-pitch guy. Stop trying to make him a starting pitcher and put him in the bullpen. See what you can get out of him. But he is a fastball splitter guy, and if they put him in the bullpen and then try to work in a third pitch – Try to find something. They, you know, they've they tried in his career. They've tried to find something. They took away the slider this year. They're like, forget it. You don't need it. It's a garbage pitch. Stop throwing it anyhow. Uh, but find, give him a cutter. Do something. Let's see what Derek Johnson could do here. And if he can fix Gossman, uh, the guy truly is a god. Uh, but put him in the bullpen, which means he's got very little value in, in, unless we want to play it a deep end only league. Exactly. Uh, hopefully it is multi-inning. Again, I
0: clear that he's not a five six seven inning guy for gosman right now barring some sort of uh super miracle work from Derek johnson but he should be able to be a two inning guy uh, I, I really do believe that they they you know when the when the days that their starters only go five or or even less, less than that you got two innings from gosman and then you get right back into the uh to the back end of the bullpen there brad boxberger you know if they did rebuild him, then all of a sudden maybe they could deal Rice and Glacius and let uh, Boxberger become their be, become their closer. Right now, no moves on either of these guys. Just kind of informing y'all that that's where they are. It's an
1: interesting pickup for the Reds, though, because Alex Wood is a free agent after this year, so they've now got what two months to work on Gosman and see if they can help him develop a third pitch and turn him, you know, kind of return him to a usable starter. Uh, for next season, or they can just non-tender him uh, after this season, and, and he hits free agency. But if they can get something out of Gosman, this this rotation for next year is legit. We're talking Bauer, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Anthony Descalfani, and Kevin Gosman.
0: Dude, if you can make Gosman year five,
1: yeah, that's I mean, that's, a, that's that's a something right there. Pretty sick rotation. I agree, and you've got some offensive upside with this team. I think I really like what the Cincinnati team is doing right now.
0: I might have been a year early. I I thought (laughs) they could make some noise this year. We talked about it a bit. Because the defense was so good last, or excuse me, the offense was so good last year. It's like, well, if they if they maintain, you know, fall back a little, but maintain for the most part, and then add some pitching with Derek Johnson, look out. Well, the pitching did advance, but the offense really regressed. Next year, if they get both things working in tandem, they're going to be dangerous. I agree with you on that, Justin. Let's stick with you here uh, out to San Francisco for your boys, Joe Panic DFA'd. Writing was kind of on the wall for this one with uh, Scooter Jeanette going out there and it's just been really tough. Health is really undercut what Joe panic's been able to do. He can still make contact at a good level. It's just really bad contact at this point. As a 28 year old at this point, do you see him picking up anywhere and finding anything or is this about it for Joe panic?
1: I think this is probably the end of the road for Joe panic. Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, he's still a decent defensive player, uh, so maybe he'll find some work uh, as kind of a bench bat, uh, but I just the statcast stuff is really really depressing. What's oh, bad? Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> ugly, and uh, he just hasn't been the same player the last few years. Uh, concussions you know. and back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, concussions, back injuries, the nagging stuff. Uh, a really fun guy to have in the clubhouse. We'll always remember that double play he turned in the 2014 World Series to help them. Uh, Okay, moving
0: on. So then uh, we have Tim Beckham. Uh, I guess nobody cares about that. So you can finish your stupid stuff.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, as a Giants fan, it's a bummer, but it's it's the right decision. Yeah,
0: I wish him the best. I, I've always liked Joe Panic, and I, I really thought he could be a, a steady 290 guy, uh, even if it was an empty 290. This was before the power surge where you could take an empty batting average in fantasy, but it just hasn't worked, and health has really undercut what he's been able to do. Um, I almost didn't even include the Tim Beckham news. Yeah, he was suspended 80 games for PEDs. He's been so bad. Uh, remember how good he was to start the season? Yeah, yes. since, since Japan really, and it's like, I, here's the thing. Here's where everyone should have known that that it wasn't really going to be anything. I couldn't even get fully interested and I've been like the last hanging on person for uh, for Tim Beckham and I was like "Eh, you know I'm not gonna I'm not falling for this yet I gotta see like a month plus of it and uh no he had a 1053 OPS through the first two weeks of the season into April 14th and then since then uh, do you guys want to guess what it actually it's not that embarrassing? It's a 680, which is still pretty bad, but he's had enough power to kind of keep it somewhat afloat. Is he almost near the end of his rope as far as a career? Cause now you're looking at uh, an 80 game suspension, which will bleed into next year. Uh, I don't know if uh, they would have control. Seattle would be able to still have him, but it'll be 30. Yeah,
2: is won't. it just done here, Jason? Uh, I think it's done. Uh, I am very happy that the, uh... I had him as a $1 keeper in my home league, and then I traded him um, a couple of days ago.
1: Oh,
2: Oh, I traded him. I mean, I'm in a league where I'm trying to play for fifth place so I can have the top overall reserve pick next year. Uh, That's where I am in the home league, and I was trying to figure out. I gave him away. Oh, I know what it was. I got Jose De Leon for him. (laughs) Oh, hey, and we just talked about how that could turn. So that worked out. Uh, so yeah, I traded I traded away uh, Beckham for De Leon because De, uh, Beckham was on a final year contract for me, so he's done. So I got Jose De Leon for free. There you go. Thank you.
0: I think that that uh, that actually works. But honestly, works.
2: I do think it's the end of the road because he's got. I mean, he'll start off. He's going to miss all of the first, most of the first month of next year, and yeah, you know, so you're missing. You're missing a month right out of the gate. It's not like what he what he brings to the table is uh, uh, is worth it. Maybe.
0: Poor defender.
2: To your uh no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we're, we're
0: good. We're good. They're they're moving <laughs> forward. They've got they've got some some younger pieces that they can go for. They don't even need to go for that. He's gonna be uh, in somebody's so,
2: camp. He'll be in somebody's camp. He, he will. Actually. You're right. He mean, could do spring that's the thing. The stupid thing about this whole suspension is he can do still he can still do spring training. That is
0: really weird, but Okay, uh, go off, I guess. Um, all right, that's been too much time on Tim Beckham. We, we, Let's remember, move
1: on. uh, remember when that guy at the uh Vegas drafts in, in the main event? Yes, um, I
0: know exactly who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, he's currently in five sixty seventh. He took Tim Beckham in like the fifth round. Of, mm. of he that. drafted a bunch of the Oakland Seattle guys
0: who had done well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he drafted Tim Beckham, uh. And then a bunch Hunter, of Hunter Strickland. Yeah. Scottie so He was looking good run. like three weeks into the year. Yeah. No, he was the number one overall team after the first week. So, oh, I mean,
2: Seattle was 13-2 and two to start the season.
1: Yeah. That's right. Um, so, yeah. Th- this is why you don't overreact to the first series of the year.
0: No, because it uh, it doesn't really it doesn't really guarantee it, especially when half of it is is uh, Seattle. You know, Oakland's definitely produced some great players, but Seattle really hasn't outside of Domingo Santana. Um, mm-hmm. But even that he probably overdrafted. Oh, yeah. All right. So I put out my SP rankings for August. I feel like the landscape is a lot better than what we've saw, what we saw in July. But I'm open to the uh, firing squad here. So I just wanted to open it up to you guys throw a few questions my way about certain guys or, or even just your general thoughts about pitching right now. So let's uh let's go ahead and, and start with you, Justin. What do you got for me?
1: Oh, why do you hate Zach Gallen?
0: I don't. I thought I was aggressive.
1: I feel like you're not aggressive enough. You've got him fiftieth uh fiftieth overall in your starting pitcher ranks. I could understand if maybe you thought they would limit his innings rest no, of the no, no, way. No. But okay, man, then we just been, have a little bit. He's been no, fantastic.
0: I like him. I like him. Now he does have a trip to Colorado coming up, but that did not mm-hmm. drop him down at all for me. I, I had him you 15. And I was like, that, you know, yeah, exactly. You could just sit him, and you know, I, again, I thought I was coming in as a, as a positive here. The guys just in front of him are Kyle Gibson, uh, who's probably ranked 500 spots too high, Max Freed. Jake Odorizzi, uh, Joey Lucchese, Herman Marquez, Ryan Yarbrough. Who, who in, in the immediate ranks above him do you think he sh- is that Gallon should be above?
1: Oh, I think, uh, as much as this hurts me to say, obviously I think I, I would put him above Kyle Gibson. Okay. Uh, I think I put him above Freeze and Lucchese. Freed. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Freed and Lucchese. Uh, Odorizzi.
0: In the short term, I could definitely hear you on Freed because Freed has a trip to Minnesota, and then um, he gets the Mets in between, which is a wild card. They've been playing well. If they continue to play well, that one will even be difficult. But then he gets the Dodgers. So two of his next three are very difficult. So I could feel you on that. I think Again, I'd
1: jump him up in my top 40.
0: I'm okay with that. Uh, I want to be clear, though. I am positive on Gallen. You are just higher on him even. so. Um, Maybe I'm okay. just
1: too high. That, that could be no, it. No. I it. I, 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 that was the one that kind of first really – Part of it okay. was because he was like the end of a tier, uh, but that one really popped out to me as one like, oh man, he he should be higher.
0: That's fair, uh, but I, I yeah. So we just have a difference of where we're at, but we are both high on him. Uh, Jason, any thoughts on Zach Gallon? Do you think fifty is good, higher, lower? Where are you at on Zach Gallon in Arizona?
2: Uh, no, I think is uh, about right. I mean, you look. I'm just looking what the the cluster around him. I mean, if you want to. Mm-hmm get into one new start makes Aaron Sanchez a God. Maybe you move San- Sanchez as the guy behind him I on d- your rankings. I did move him up 54 spots based on one start, <laughs>
0: but he also has at Baltimore, at Oakland and home to Detroit coming up. So I figured that that was pretty right. nice. And, and, and In
2: all fairness. And, and even with the joke, uh, the thing about the thing about uh, Sanchez and I was tweeting some of this stuff out, his final two starts with Toronto weren't bad ones either. I mean, getting exactly. so much attention of uh, against the Mariners and what the three of us could probably throw a combined no-hitter, maybe a shutout, maybe not a no-hitter, but a combined shutout against the Seattle at this point. So, but so much attention was put on that, and it's like, oh yeah, he stopped throwing the you know, he's throwing more of this. But the, the big takeaway for me and Sanchez in that outing was he was elevating more pitches. I mean, the thing Correct. with Sanchez is watching him pitch so much in the L East throughout the years, it's down, 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 down. Uh with everything. And at least he was changing eye level. So let's see how much of that sticks. Uh mm-hmm. so maybe it's a bad fastball, but maybe it's been a bad fastball historically because of where it's been. If he can get it up with I mean he was getting swings and forcing guys to swing at pitches up there, and that's what stood out to me. Uh, that, so that now was the you, got the, key. you got the fastball up, you got the curveball going away, you got the changeup going the other direction. So you you got three spots you gotta focus on. Uh so that's really what stood out. But for Gallon, I think it's accurately placed. Uh, I just, there, there were some other guys in the list that I was kind of like, huh,
0: well, so me we'll get to what, what, what you got, it's your, it's your turn. So, what, so give, give me going one, into
2: man. New York, going into the New York area, looking at, yeah, I'll start with Syndergaard. You got him pretty high up there and I'm concerned, you know, the Mets obviously are on a heater, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their schedule gets really tough. It moving really forward does. And, and it was it super really easy. Harsh. And that's why I was looking and saying, you know, right now it's been, uh, it's been easy. But I, that's I was wondering how much of that went into your in, uh, decision with Cindergaard moving him up from thirty-four to thirteen uh, from last month. With what's coming up, I know the next three are Washington, KC, and Cleveland. Uh, you know, that's pretty overall pretty tough matchup. KC, you know, eh, obviously, but Cleveland and Washington, sure. and then yeah, the New York side. You got you got Paxton at forty-two, and you've got Hap at six. Haps lower. half at seventy-one. Almost the same schedule, and so was curious about the gap. Happened, right? and Paxton get the same schedule. You're
0: saying, yeah, that's Toronto, Baltimore, Baltimore, and uh, Paxton gets Baltimore, Baltimore, Cleveland. Yeah,
2: yep.
0: Um, they are pretty far apart there, huh? I guess for Happ, it was one of those things where he was kind of stuck where he already w- already is, 74. It was where he was last month. I only moved him up a few spots. I could certainly see moving him up against some of the guys right above him: Perez, uh, Martin Perez, Dustin May, Miles Michaelis, Annabelle Sanchez, Alex Wood, Brad Keller, Vince Velasquez, and a couple others even further up. So yeah, he could move up more. Paxton, I'm so, I'm so stuck on right now. I don't know exactly what to do. I love the talent. Been, you know, we've been digging him on this show since Seattle. Yeah. He's great when he's going. But holy moly has it been just all over the place this year. You do mention that that upcoming schedule is really nice, especially with a pair against Baltimore. The one thing that we worried about, though, was the new homer issue from last year. It'll be tough to fix it in Yankee Stadium, and it has been tough to fix it. He's actually up to 1.7 homers Mm -hmm. per nine this year. So that's been my concern with Paxton. He is somebody that I still think you have to start pretty much always despite the issues. Um, So I moved him down. Maybe I didn't move Hap up enough to account for the fact that his schedule's getting easier, and he's he's been kind of back on track as a... Well, actually, I don't know. I thought his ERA was a little bit lower. He's got a 524 and two homers per nine. So I don't know. I feel... Well, where would you put Hap? But how much higher could you really put him?
2: I I don't think you really can move. I was just curious, you know, because I, I have both of them in talent wars, and they're driving me nuts. Uh, would you uh, move Paxton, Paxton I down? Think then? I wouldn't move Paxton down. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll get into later, it uh, why in a second. Like this week. I spot I, – I did not – I had the opportunity to put Paxton in my lineup or late last week, and I didn't put him in and he beat Boston only because Boston just crushed him the time – the outing before. Um, and it's like I really didn't want to get into the, the – go over that again um, with that. But I think just to move him down, and one of the things I was, I was tweeting out earlier today was just – one of the things with the Yankees, and I feel like a broken record talk, talking about the times to the order penalty – but that entire, this is, these are the ERAs of that rotation, third time through the order. Tanaka, 971. Paxton, 688. Hap, 997. Herman, 846. Sabathia's at 550. He's the best one of them. He's the best. So it's, that's, that's, that's third the insane time through. part. This is third time through the order. And, uh, and the weighted on base average, Tanaka, 425. Paxton, 422. Hap, 383. Herman, 359. Sabathia, 420. Nice so he's getting the strand. But, that's the thing for me that's why i have such a tough time with these yankee starters is because after two times through all bets are freaking off yeah they really need to go But they're getting wins because thing. mike talkman cannot mike sockman and that's mike what that sockman. Dude's name is mike sockman that dude is tonight the funny thing is in DraftKings, he's the ninth place hitter he's got a 47 price tag on him oh. That's how crazy it is. <laughs> Alex
0: Chamberlain's been doing the prices over at DraftKings. He started a new job. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't tell you all about but that. But they keep uh, getting
2: the wins. I mean, last night, they gave a, uh, Tanaka uh, through a state bomb, and the Yankees yep. had a couple of home runs, 196. That's how they're playing baseball right now. Well, that is, you know,
0: how it's supposed to work when you, when you talk about getting the guys on teams like that, where you're like, hey... The wins are going to be there because the offense is so good. So uh, that's no, why I
2: have both Paxton and Happ. That's why I drafted them because I, I had the Yankees picked as a World Series winner. I knew they were going to be good this year, so I was like, you know, I'll take these guys. One of them should have decent ratios. Neither of them do.
0: No, it's been it's been crazy what they've been dealing with. Uh, Justin, where do you come out on on the Yankees' starters, specifically, Paxton and Happ? Where I have Paxton at forty two, Happ at seventy one. Would you move them closer together?
1: I don't know that I'm moving Paxton. I, in spite of the fact that he has really struggled in New York, uh, the upcoming schedule is pretty nice. A, a start at Baltimore, then home versus Baltimore, and then Cleveland. So I think 42 is about rightish.
0: And that is minus 18, by the way. So it yeah. was a substantial move down. I just... You know, I felt like the upcoming schedule and just trusting kind of a track record thing, hopefully, he can get back on track a bit. I I feel like uh,
1: Tanaka should be moved down. Man, he has just been absolutely dreadful. And I feel like the only reason we even talk about him as a top 50 to 60 starting pitcher is because of his name value. Oh,
2: here's the the number. If he wasn't on the
0: Yankees, there's no way he'd be at 59 right now
2: here's the number when Tanaka doesn't pitch against the Rays he has a six ERA 6.00
0: wait so he's been dominating the Rays to kind of save his season
2: (laughs) yep that's weird 1.59 ERA against the Rays six against the rest of the league
0: that's crazy wow well yeah splitters man um I love splitters when they're working, but holy holy crap, they are so volatile. And particularly this year with the way the ball is and everything, and when they're not working, it's just a home run fest. And, of course, that affects Tanaka for sure. So, um, yeah, your, your point's taken on them. It's definitely guys to be careful of. For me with Paxton – Hopefully the schedule can help him get right a little bit, and we'll see some some changes, but uh, I'm going to keep him at 42 for now. J- uh, Justin, you're up next. Uh, next guy up or, or general point you want to make about pitching?
1: Hmm, I'm kind of going through all of these, and for the most part I'm not going to uh, snipe at you too much. Man, Joe Musgrove at 75 really just hurts me.
0: Cause was, you, know, you know how hard that was. Yeah, it just
1: hurts. It just hurts and so I, bad. Yeah,
0: Jason's right. I would have put him 30 spots lower if not for the Thanos glove. The
1: Thanos glove is pretty <laughs> sick.
0: It's worth 30 spots. Come on. It's, it's too cool.
1: It uh, I, is. I'm a little surprised to see Brennan McKay so high. Uh, 38 seems – it's a really nice schedule coming up, so I can understand it if that's kind of part of the rationale. But, Absolutely played a role. Uh, yeah, just it feels – really weird having him uh above a zach allen above a james paxton uh above a jake Rizzi I, I just don't know that i would have put him quite as high uh, that one was
0: one i labored over and a little bit of a like standout like hey i'm, I'm planting a flag a little bit with him hoping that they first off I think the point that you'd probably make if I if I let, would have let you finish there, sorry, is that you know he only goes like five innings. He went six in his debut, and then it's been five, five, three and a third. That was when he got uh, pushed around, and then five and a third. So it's basically a five and dive. Thankfully, he has a good team to support him, but. What's it going to be now with everything being taxed because of all the openers and, and followers they're going to have to use. Will the bullpen be as effective when it, when it's supporting the other guys that are the starters, like Yarbrough McKay and Morton. So that one, if I reran them right now, I would put him much closer to Zach Gallon. I might move Gallant up four or five spots and I might move McKay down uh, seven to 10. And then they would kind of meet in the middle because highlighting Gallon the way you did and McKay makes me realize they should be pretty much neck and neck and they should definitely be in the same tier. And I think that would mean pushing Gallon to the usually start tier versus bringing McKay down to the spot start tier. Can,
1: can you explain why you hate Matthew Boyd?
0: I don't hate him, but get do you understand what's been happening
1: lately? I mean it, I, it's lately it's the big, he's been much better in his last 3 starts, so
0: it it well his strikeouts and walks are great, but if you watch it, it, it's not always in the form of like errors. That I think that defense is starting to really yeah, impact We about at the
1: beginning of the season. Why yes. did
0: they trade him? Why? Because they didn't get Baez or Bregman. Like, <laughs> you know, they're waiting for that deal. I mean, they were asking for like Glaber Torres type stuff, and I wonder. I, I'm I'm partly tongue in cheek, but I'm partly wondering if some of that Fulmer stuff uh, was was. Hanging over their head, where they're like, "Well, now we have to, now we have to make up for that." And it's like, "Well, you're not going to get Glaber Torres." And uh, I know they were asking. I'm
2: sorry, he's given up seven home runs third time through this year. He gave up eight all last year, and that was the problem last year with him. Yeah, as a uh, Boyd owner now, that's what I'm. I'm like, no, take him out, please stop. And like, he'll have this beautiful outing where it's like five, uh, five innings, ten strikeouts, two runs. I'm like, all right, stop. I'm getting
0: Fulmer flashbacks because that's exactly what happened with Fulmer too. By the way, is that mm-hmm. he would have four no-hit innings, and I'd get tweets like, "Your boy's going off." I'm like, what inning is it? Fourth. Okay, shut up for another thirty <laughs> I, minutes. <laughs> I
1: actually remember this. This is so funny. It was like a, <laughs> yeah, it it like a perfect nuts. game through like the fourth inning. And people started tweeting at you. like, "No, no, no!" And then he just like Hit gave up back. like five runs in an inning. It's insane. Light it really work. is. Like how
2: work. these skippers keep doing it. I think you know one. I'll, I'll tell you another one where I was a little uh, uh, indifferent with you. Uh, you had where'd you have uh, Porcello? Uh, one ten. Uh, the only thing about Porcello, and this is just purely from fantasy purposes. He has the best run support in baseball. He's getting like seven point two. Now his numbers are horrendous. The ratios horrendous. Why are he has horrendous. ten dubs? Yep. But his he's getting the best run support in baseball. And from a fantasy perspective, I have to I have to have him higher only because you, know, you got Casey in Baltimore and LA, not Murderer Throw right now. Um, but uh, and only because Plus, I've watched him pitch a,
1: recently. He's a Cy Young winner. Don't forget that's right. Cy I, Young I winner. That's true, I, but the other I, piece
2: of that is the other side of that. Like, if I could immediately swap a name, it would be Eliezer uh, Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff, the stuff is good. He has no command of it whatsoever. None. And, and the schedule for
0: him coming up is Atlanta, Dodgers, and at, at Colorado. Colorado. So, so that, that, like, is to top. me,
2: him, like, I would put Chris Archer above him. Honestly, I mean, I watched Hernandez pitch against the Rays, and just the hitting. out his AAA numbers great, but. How often I forgot who was catching that day. Maybe it was Alfaro and just like, okay, dude, throw this fastball low and outside. We're gonna get this guy. Oh, middle in, crush, home run. Like he yeah. gave up two bombs to Eric Sogard. You're like, come on. And he has- these these were these were home runs that were pitched rather than hit.
0: Exactly. And you watch uh Alfaro too and, and the body movement that he has to do to to rein in Eliezer Hernandez. That's a good point. I I, I definitely accept that one. Um that Porcello at 110 was a little bit of, like, God, he sucks. And so I was really just kind of <laughs> putting him down there. Uh, I will say that he's in the the deep spot start tier. That ranges from 81 to 120. And what I do always point out is that if they're in the same tier, you can really start to make cases that they could be at the top of it, the middle of it, or the bottom of it. Uh, yeah. But your point is well taken on Porcello and Hernandez for sure. Uh, where did I put Archer? I put him, like, in that same he's tier. Right around. There. He's, like,
2: 105. Yeah, yeah 105. 105.
0: Yeah, so, okay, uh, I, I accept it on the Porcello thing for sure. And I like Hernandez's stuff, and I am a little bit uh, smitten with that. But, frankly, even putting in the, the schedule, I probably didn't punish him enough for that because that's, that's Murderer's Row. there: Braves Dodgers at Rockies. So that's really, really rough. Um, Justin, what do you got next here? We'll go one more each from for both of you, and then mm. we'll, we'll out.
1: I just love the schedule for Dallas Keuchel and Julio Teran. That's why I at actually Miami, both of them up a little bit. Yeah, for that. yeah. At Miami, then home for both the Mets and Miami again. Uh, I'm not saying like they should be higher or lower or anything. I just I was just kind of looking through some of these schedules for some of these guys, and and that one really stuck out at me is. A uh, really nice kind of three-game stretch for both of those guys.
0: They they each got about eight to ten spots based off of that short-term. And they both uh been pitching well. Keiko really has been back on track. And when I first ranked him last month, uh, he had pitched twice. And they were both pretty mediocre. And I, I just played a wait-and-see with him. My, I didn't have any conviction with my ranking. It was 106. I was like, I'm just... Kind of parking him here, and I want to see him do something. Well, he's been fine. He's been Keiko. He hasn't, or, or not Pete Keiko, but he's been whatever. He's been okay. Meanwhile, Tehran continues to outrun his metrics, but a 3.46 ERA. Listen, I know it's a 4.47 fit, but time's ticking as far as that catching up to him. And as you mentioned, this schedule sh- sure as heck isn't likely to make it catch up to him. So I agree with both those guys. Check your ten teamers one or both could definitely be available.
1: Yeah, the, these are guys, especially if you're kind of competing for a playoff spot in the head-to-head league, that you want to kind of just grab and, and kind of stream for the next three starts because they're just such juicy matchups.
0: Yep, I completely agree with that. Uh, Jason, anything else before we get out of here?
2: Uh, yeah, I'd like Jordan Lyles. I mean, I know you haven't done 82, but at Pittsburgh with Texas and then wrapping up against the Nationals. Uh, so get those first two. And then if you can work out a way to bench him. Awesome. Uh, or, but, or if
0: he pitches well, right? If he if yeah. he looks more like early season Jordan Lyles then at Washington wouldn't be so scary. But right now, uh, those first two starts and could you, be you've pretty already, decent. You've for already
1: missed the at Pittsburgh. That was last night and he pitched well. Oh, that's
0: right. That's right. So But
2: so we've got so he's got two starts of a Milwaukee so far, ten innings, five hits, two runs, four walks, five strikeouts.
0: Don't and forget two home runs. That was the team that he kinda of broke out with last year. A little uh, relief stint with uh, Milwaukee was what kind of put Jordan Lyles back on the map. And um, Everyone was like, "Hmm, what what can we really put into this at 16 innings?" But they had some pitch mix changes. The strikeouts really spiked up, and then this year with Pittsburgh, he started off brilliantly, but then had some just colossal uh, meltdown outings that have really tanked his ERA. By the way, I'm so done with those. I'm so sick, oh, so bad of dude. <laughs> getting like four or five good starts from my team and then get it gets completely erased <laughs> by one of these meltdowns and frankly lyles was the was the cause of most of them recently in a four-start span guys he went four innings seven two-thirds of an yep. inning seven both those were against the cubs <laughs> then he goes five and two-thirds one run i probably benched him for that because i was like well let me get him on the bench here and then he goes to or uh, faces philly and kills him and then st louis uh, eight runs in one and two-thirds, but it was five earned. Unbelievable. Like These his, devastating outings this year have his been— His ERA
2: went up a full run, and then it went from 436 to 536. In July! No, he started—he came he into July 71. with a 371. Then he went to 536 after that. Now he's down to 497.
1: He, he single-handedly burned my my ratios in Tauoros. Just, I mean, just
0: I, feel me. <laughs> I feel you, brother. In in mixed leagues, he's he was doing that to me, and so uh, I know your pain. Of course, in an NL only, it's even more steep because he can't really go out and 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 fix it that well. So again, I think the landscape's a bit better right now than it was in July. It was a real mess. Of course, injuries will continue to strike. Uh, one question I want to leave you guys on is, is specifically about one guy, but there's the overarching point of innings limits. But uh, with Chris Paddock specifically, I kept him in the must start. Uh, he's ranked 29th because right. Right now I think you just kind of keep going, but I think, you know, or what a couple weeks until that, that noise gets really loud about, about innings caps, Justin, I'll start with you. What do you think they're going to do with Chris Paddock in San Diego as far as an innings limit?
1: I mean, considering they're kind of falling out of the race here,
0: they're in um, last now, by the way, Yeah,
1: it's, it seems like they would prob. I think they've already started kind of looking towards next year with some of the moves they made, uh, at, at the deadline. So I would expect that he doesn't pitch in September or that they really start stretching out his time between starts. Yep. So, uh, I, I, aren't I think they that. already running a six man rotation to begin with? And it wouldn't be surprising to see them skip him once or twice uh, just to kind of stretch it out.
0: Jason, do you agree there? And also, um, do you think anybody else is highlighted as a watch out for innings limits here? Within the top 50 or 60 pitchers.
2: You know, I honestly haven't thought about innings limits for other people, but, you know, with him, he threw exactly 100 innings last year between high A and double A. He's Paddock, at 104. It, sorry? It was Pat, Paddock, Paddock threw 100 innings, you said? Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He threw exactly, I'm sorry. No, he threw <coughs> 90. I take that back. My math back. Oh, bad. wow he threw 90 uh exactly 90. Uh, and so he's at 104 now. And if you if you you know the the com- the common rule of thumb is like 20% year over year is where a lot of guys are. So uh, 20 25 innings, maybe more so that's four or five starts rest yeah. of the way,
0: even 50% would only give you 30 remaining innings. So you'd be talking about what, five, six starts, depending on how long they went for Chris Paddock. So it's a dire situation. Now, here's a question. It's going to be hard to trade him for full value because most of our listeners don't play in stupid leagues. People understand that this was a problem coming in. You're not going to be able to bamboozle somebody, most likely. Do you just ride it out and say, I got him late. He's been an ace. I'm just going to take my innings and deal with it. Or do you try to move him even for, say, 60 70 cents on the dollar so to speak
2: you i kind of have to because you're going to get him for 60 or 70 percent of the remaining part of the year
1: i think if you get in a top 75 player i would be okay moving him i i don't know that people i, I think some people aren't really locked in on this one though i think some people are going to forget that okay. He that he may face these inning limits because we haven't really heard about that. The, heard the team talk about that's true. Him. And so and and really the media hasn't. And so uh, if people have forgotten, I think there's a real chance. Just go and say, you know, hey, I'm looking for hitting. I'm going to put Chris Paddock on the block and see what people say. And someone may just come to you and be like, oh, I'll give you Pete Alonso. That's a you know rookie for rookie tra- challenge trade. And uh, then I think you're feeling pretty good about that kind of return.
2: Yeah, I would. I would love that. That's a great point. Okay, maybe I'm just. Or I'll assuming... give you. Or I'll give you Aaron Judge and Matt Olson and Ian Kennedy for him. Who knows?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you never know. And we'll go ahead and end it on that, gentlemen. It was hey, great talking uh, with you. Player player names. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry, we have players weekend coming up. We did learn that they're going to have um, the the uniforms. I hate them. I thought one of the best things about uh, Players Weekend was the real bright, colorful uniforms that they were doing. But it looks like they're going to be doing monochromatic. And I saw someone on Twitter uh, compare it to live-action chess because it's going to (laughs) be black and white. And they look kind of sleek or whatever. But again, I just really loved the color uniforms that they were doing. So I'm not in on this. But I still love the idea. I love the nicknames. So we have to ask, what would y'all's nicknames be? Jason, I'll
2: start with you. Yeah, mine's going to be Scooter. I'm going to own that. <laughs> <laughs> although although Justin's wife said it should be called Face Diver. Uh, <laughs> and either one works well, but I'm going to go ahead with Scooter. And I also want to point out Kevin Cash's nickname, his player name, because somebody pranked him. His, his jersey is going to say Rocco's Seat Warmer. Oh, my yeah, God. I, that is an amazing, an amazing prank. But his is going to be – his is called uh, Rocco's Seat Warmer.
0: That is really freaking <laughs> Savage and funny. I dig it. Um, Justin, what nickname would you have?
1: I don't know that I've got one off the top of my head that I would uh, necessarily do, but I've been talking about uh, when I get my next softball jersey that I'm going to try to go with a symbol as opposed to a number. <laughs> so I'm going to have them do like an infinity sign, just turn an eight on its side. Your ERA? <laughs> yeah, um <laughs> or, or just have a question <laughs> mark uh as my number. So I think I think that's the direction I'll go. Okay. I
0: li- I like it. Um I'd probably just go pretty straightforward something like uh McLovin or Slim or Squints. The things that I've that I've been called that uh that I don't mind as much, but uh, I do I do love love the whole weekend again bring back the color jerseys. I don't know about all white and all they're having emojis black, this we'll year, see. though.
2: Some guys have emojis, and that's pretty well, cool.
0: Well, last year Boxberger had it. He had the box and the hamburger. So oh,
2: I missed that. I yeah, didn't he, like Eric Sogard's got the nerd guy. He's got nerd power, and he's got the nerd with the goggles as the yes. old power. I was like, that's awesome. That's perfect.
0: Um, I still have, or not still, I got, I got it last year. I have a Carl Edwards Jr. one from last year. Do you guys know what his nickname was? Mm. It was. The String Bean Slinger, which is just <laughs> an amazing name. So I've got that one. He's no longer he on the he Cubs. In
1: but... he's, a tra- he's in AAA, Iowa. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. So unless he gets who, called up who by. Who is
1: uh, the uh, player to be named later?
0: Oh, my God.
1: Was it like
0: Josh Fegley?
1: I feel like it was. Sounds about right. Yeah, it might have been.
0: Yep. As soon as you put in PTBNL in Google, it auto completes Fegley for the next thing. So
2: <laughs> it wasn't the
0: Josh Fegley. That's so good. He's I can't a heck
2: wait. Of a year for a player to be named. Like yeah, this. absolutely.
0: He's been he's been incredible. Catcher's been insane. By the way, I think we talked about it a while ago, Justin. But we should run it back in, in a week or two just to kind of catch up where everything is with catcher. Um, guys, if you do one on Sunday, I will be gone. I will actually be at Disney World. What? Um, so- yeah, I'm going with the, with the fam. Got my, my I mean, niece.
1: You should teach me how to post on Thursday.
0: Absolutely, should definitely do that. Uh, oh my God, I just saw these
1: Players note. Weekend jerseys. They're awful.
2: They're, I, yeah. I, I, they're bad. They're bad. Hey, where yeah. are you staying at when you go to Disney World?
0: I mean, give me my sister's number. She'll give me all those answers. I really don't know. Somewhere <laughs> on property. That's all I know. I can Shoot if you me a text note. me. Yeah, text me and I will uh, get full answers there. And, and Travel Wizard has some tips.
2: Travelers got some tips uh good family friend is one of the singers at the American pavilion at oh. Epcot. if you if you have any kind of uh like happy birthday you need sung to your niece if it's her birthday or anything or if Jen's birthday is coming up um let me know I can put in a word and she can do the singing that's fantastic. That is part of why we're
0: going. It's not quite my niece's birthday this weekend, but it is wrapped between uh, my sister's anniversary and niece's birthday. It's kind of like a joint type of deal there. So, Travel Wizard always comes through, y'all. Uh, you guys enjoy your weekend episode. Justin, you and I will link up so you can post it yourself, and I'll talk to you guys later.
1: See ya. Take it easy.